0: Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook.
1: Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM. This is Offsides. You're on Monday, September the 25th, the year of our Lord, 2023, 5:05 p.m. here in Glassboro. A a pretty gloomy day in the borough, um, following up a uh, another football Sunday, Week Three, wrapping up tonight. Eagles are in action. They are on the road, uh, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One of two Monday Night Football games this week, just like last week, so uh, always got to uh, appreciate that. doesn't happen too often throughout the season. Um, we'll get into those games. We'll recap a bit from the weekend, and I can't lie, the three of us guys in the studio, as I'm joined by Aiden Ray and Josh Ayers, I, none of the three of us had a very good football weekend. We didn't discuss whose was, was the worst. Uh, I, I just want to... Kind of open it up to uh, to you guys, give you guys the floor about where you're standing with um, your respective teams and just what you thought about the games yesterday. If you looked at the margin of victory um, in all the games yesterday. I mean, it was probably the average was somewhere between 15 and 20. I think there were three, four, five games that were just complete blowouts. So definitely was,
2: definitely was for sure. Of course, my team played Thursday night against the 49ers. Real stuff. I did not expect us to like go. I wasn't expecting us to win at all, but I feel like we played a little bit better than like expected to play because it was like three, three after the first quarter. But then of course we could not stop the Niners on third down. So it's honestly like real stuff. I wasn't expecting too much from this game since the Niners are a really good team.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was going to be tough for the Giants going on the road to San Francisco. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I think, you know, San Francisco and Miami, who we'll get into soon um, when we touch about on Josh's team and how they <laughs> did. But, I mean, those two right now, they look like, to me, the two best teams in the league. And San Francisco, that defense is just unreal. There's been conversations about who is the best defense in the league, and I think they've got the top spot right now. I mean, and, you know, for the Giants, that run game too, Aiden, without Saquon Barkley, obviously, you just couldn't get much going there. Um, where are you at with them right now? I mean, it's a situation for them that is unfortunate without their top weapon, you know, for the next couple of weeks still. We'll see when he can officially return, but you know, you've seen the division. I mean, Dallas does lose yesterday, surprisingly, but I mean, Philly and Dallas have gotten off to pretty good starts to the year. We'll see how the Eagles look tonight.
2: Yeah. We're really missing a big piece on our offense, especially also Andrew Thomas being out as well, which is also a big loss, especially for the Giants' offensive line. And then, of course, you had Washington losing to Buffalo yesterday. You had the Cowboys losing to Arizona. But now – and then, of course, the Eagles playing the Bucs. So, we're seeing – like, almost all every NFC East team lost this weekend. But then the Eagles play tonight. So, we'll see where the NFC East will stand because every team was 2-0 except the Giants going into um, week three.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, a division that last year w- was dominated by the Eagles, and Dallas came out of the dates in the first two weeks, and and people had already sort of, you know, crowned them as as the team to rotate the division, and so we'll see how it shades out. But that was obviously back on Thursday. Yesterday, there were, I mean, just a bunch of of crazy games, and I mean, I I mentioned the the large margin of victory, and. Uh, i i think we can just get into it i mean obviously the biggest story is miami dropping 70 and i mean aiden i I know i played you in fantasy and you did start raheem mostert which was a good move by you i'll give it to you um i checked in like the second quarter and this guy already had like 25 i did
2: not expect mostert to have like 46 points yesterday especially because like saquon's i have saquon on my team he's Out already. Then my two running backs, Najee Harris, Everhane Mostert. Also, Buffalo's defense, four interceptions, (laughs) and one of them being a pick six.
1: Yeah, what do they have, 35 points? I think think
2: 29.
1: Uh, It was like, like, I think 29 or 31. I think I'm going to go 29. I mean, Mostert in this game, 13 carries, 82 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, also catches a touchdown. Um, Tyree Till, nine catches, 157 yards and a touchdown. Devon A. Shane, over 200 yards rushing, and he uh, has four total touchdowns on the day. Um, and, and there was just a conversation about whether it was more the Miami offense or the Denver defense that led to just such a massive number being put up. And, Josh, I, I'm going to just ask you. I mean, the game yesterday, I don't know how much of it you actually you know were able to stick through, but um, – <laughs> Rough, obviously, for Sean Payton and the Broncos. You fall to zero three, and and that defense that was so good. Uh, what is happening?
3: I wish I could tell you honestly. Like I was, I knew coming in that we weren't going to win that game most likely, but to give up seventy points, and like you said, the defense was amazing last year. It's it's unfathomable to think that a defense could go from being arguably top five in the league to being bottom five in less than a season. Now. Justin Simmons didn't play, but don't. That's not, a, that's not an excuse. That's not why 70 points were dropped on the Broncos. I just feel like it goes down to coaching. Vance Joseph, I will be shocked if he doesn't get fired by the end of the week. I, I don't understand how you can rally your team like, oh, we got this, we got this next week, guys, after you just gave up 70 points. It, it, the vibes were not good when, I believe it was the fourth play of the game, Tyreek scored, and he was wide open. Waddle wasn't playing so you should only have to worry about Tyreek but they did not do that and like you said like A-Chain and Mostert they had all they had the biggest days they'll probably have in their whole careers especially A-Chain it's only his second career game he had 200 yards rushing and you guys were talking about fantasy if you I saw Sleeper sent the notification if you started all Miami Dolphins as your fantasy team you would have scored 200 fantasy points that's It's ridiculous. The the offense for the Broncos, I don't even – they didn't really even look that bad in my eyes. But Sutton fumbling twice, the run game really couldn't get going. I'm really worried about Javante. I don't know. I know he's coming off the injury, but I just haven't seen the flash. It seems like he just doesn't really break tackles like he did pre-injury. And I I don't know. Sean Payton has a lot to – work through but it doesn't especially not a good look that he was talking crazy about nathaniel hackett how he it was a dumpster fire but we never looked this bad with nathaniel hackett
1: (laughs) yeah i mean last year was bad and i mean the start to this year has probably been just as bad if not worse and i mean obviously just sunday isolating that um the comments that that payton made about Tua. Also, uh, about a year ago, mm-hmm. saying that you know he'll be replaced at some point as the starting quarterback, and then Tua goes out and and puts up 300 hey, yards against hey, him. He
3: wasn't necessarily wrong because he did get benched the, when the fourth quarter started, <laughs> so he wasn't necessarily the, wrong.
1: The goat Mike White was put in, and even he tore he threw up a that t- defense.
3: Chosen yeah. Anderson, right. Formerly Robbie Anderson. <laughs> formerly ro- <laughs> man, oh man. Yeah. Wow. Just it was just not a good. It was. It was not a good look, and like how you guys, you know, I had Raheem Moster in a couple leagues, and so I had Tyreek as well, and it was just bittersweet. Like you know, it's like oh, like my fancy team is doing really good, but my real team is getting absolutely embarrassed on national television. Twitter was not safe for me at all. No,
1: I mean, it, and just I mean, from last year, obviously, w- with all the kind of um, discourse about how much went wrong. This is just a nightmare start, I mean, to be 0-3. and You know, you mentioned Devontae Williams. Uh, He was one of the real kind of highlights, I think, coming into the year for them. I mean, obviously they expected to improve on last year, but right? Died coming off an ACL tear when he was on the field. uh, He was explosive, and he was almost set up for for, with Sean Payton, who obviously had worked with running backs who – you know, he likes to use in the receiving game a ton. You figured that he was in for kind of a monster year, getting a bunch of touches. Yeah, I I agree. He just hasn't really looked the same. And I mean, Russell Wilson is, I mean, the numbers are way better than his start from last year, but there's just so many issues right now in Denver.
3: It's, yeah, I just I don't I don't get it. Like the team had like you see the names on the t- there on the is team talent. and you wouldn't think that this team's and 3 and they would lose the way they have lost especially giving up 70 points. Like I said, Justin Simmons didn't play, but Sertan was there. Like it it the it doesn't it's not an excuse. Even if Simmons was playing, I don't think it would have really mattered how the way they were playing. It was it was embarrassing.
1: So the Chicago Bears Scored the most points in an NFL game, December 8th, 1940, 73. put up 72 against the Giants, sorry, eight, and then 1966. And then this game, 70 points by Miami, is tied for the third most ever in a game by a uh, team, tying them with the LA Rams, who did it against the Baltimore Colts in 1950. I mean... Due to the dates on all these high-scoring games, it's all fifties, forties, sixties, and then, <laughs> then twenty twenty-three. Yep. I mean, Mike McDaniel on this offense is something special, and Aiden, I, they look like to me. I'm just thinking here. Easily, I think the the best team in in the AFC as of now. I mean, Kansas City obviously you can never count them out, and they did obliterate the Bears, um, and they're going to be right there. But Miami. Offensively, I mean, they are the best team in football.
2: Yeah, definitely, especially due to the fact that like, – not real stuff, though. It depends on, like, how, like, this year goes without, like, any, like, injury situation. Well, you need though. two to stay healthy, obviously. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the obvious. But their offense stacked. Stacked. And
1: even without Waddle yesterday. With like,
2: exactly. Waddle, man. Because A chain had 203 rushing yards. And, and then Mostert with – Four, yeah both mostert and a chain had four touchdowns like that is insane that is some insane stuff yeah. by the rush by the rushing offense of the Dolphins. and like for them that's that's like that's what they would love to see but of course their next game' against the bills who they've had struggles against yeah that's for the last like five years that,
1: that's gonna be a big, big day definitely game. A,
2: definitely a big game for them
1: I mean Buffalo they blow out um the commanders and I mean, Washington starts two and zero, and you know they were feeling good about themselves. But then they run into Buffalo, who really I think needed a, a win like this, they just did. A, a beat 100%. down. They've they really have beaten up on bad teams in in recent years, and they needed a win like this on the road, no less. I mean, Josh Allen wasn't great as a passer, but um, he does get into the end zone on the ground. Stephon did eight catches for 111 yards, and obviously the Bills' defense was terrific in this game um I mean four pits uh for Sam Howell um he really you know was bothered all day long the Bills defense is, is talented man that's another defense that I think doesn't quite perform to expectations maybe all the time but when they're clicking man they are really really tough to beat and so yeah the AFC East is a very interesting division I mean Miami and Buffalo right now I, I, they are light years ahead of where the Patriots and Jets are. Those two teams faced off as well. Um, I mean, Zach Wilson is cooked. Uh, we we've known that though. <laughs> this was really, I think, his last shot. I mean, he was awful. Yeah, I, I, he really was. And I mean, Robert Sala says he's gonna stick with him as the die moving forward. I, I don't know how you can say that. That's really a bogus comment to me. Mm, but
3: it's like it's coach speak. That's what I call
1: it. It's coach speed, yeah, and he's defending his guy. But, I mean, if that's the reality of, of what it is right now for the Jets, then they're screwed. I mean, it, it, you got Darrell Wilson open one out of every you know two, three plays. And I'll admit, I mean, Christian Gonzalez did a good job on him. But there were guys open a lot, and Zach Wilson would either just not see it not pull the trigger end up taking a sack hitting the check down for no gain or like a two yard gain, or even go backwards. Um, the weather was terrible. Yes. Again, but I, I don't think that can be an excuse when Matt Jones didn't have that tough of a time finding guys wide open down the field, um, backbreaking plays late in the game. The jets really just lost the game themselves here. Um, and I, I'm I'm disappointed. I really am. I mean, for them to come out and look like that for a second straight week offensively, after you get destroyed by Dallas, just destroyed. You had you had one good offensive play in that game. You have maybe three or four in this game. Zach Wilson has one good drive in the fourth quarter uh, that made it a one-score game at that point, where he he you know was making the throws he had to, putting some error. Under the ball, man, and, and really slinging it and finding the open guy. He did that five, six times on that drive, but it's just not consistent at all. It's way more bad than good at this point. And I really don't know where the Jets are going to go from here at quarterback. I don't really even want to think about it. Uh, I think I said it last week, either here on offsides or um, on third and lawn. just felt to me like a classic game for the Jets to not show up in it and lose at
3: home. And it was, so. Yeah, the, I mean, like, you're. it feels I – I kind of feel your pain because the, the Jets' defense this year reminds me a lot of the Broncos' defense last year. Like, you guys were in the game until the very end because the defense was playing phenomenal. But, like you said, like, it's it must be real frustrating to be on the Jets right now mm-hmm. and the way Zach Wilson's playing, like, especially for the defense because the defense is – it almost feels like the defense has to, like, force a fumble, force any type of turnover to give Zach Wilson at least – f- or give the offense a, f- a field goal, get points on the board at least. But, yeah, like like you said, Zach Wilson's just not coming through, and I'm not sure if the Jets are actually s- serious about sticking with him for the rest of the season.
1: I, I hope not because it's a great point, Josh. Like, they're just relying on the defense to keep them in the game for so long to the point where it's like you, you need the offense to compliment it. Like – you can't be playing football games where you're scoring 10 points every week and you're just relying on the defense to hold the other team to single digits. I mean, and the bad thing for me is it feels the same exact way as last year mm-hmm. um, because that is how it felt in a lot of games, except for the games that like Mike White started where all of a sudden the offense was rolling and they were putting up 30 points and they didn't have to rely on the defense to get stops almost every single time. Yeah, it's, it's a disaster. Um, it really is, and it's sad to say. And, I mean, you mentioned it. I mean, f- for the defense of the Jets, it's got to be frustrating. You've been one of the best in the league the last two years, and yet you know, you have a losing record in that span because of mostly quarterback playing, some other things surrounding that. But I, I would put most of the blame, honestly, in this whole thing. There's a lot of blame to go around. I, most of the blame has to be on Wilson. He's mm-hmm. just not – he just hasn't developed really at all, so yeah, I don't know. Um, All right, a couple minutes before break, there were some great games, though. Um, you know, there were the blowouts, and we discussed a few of those, Buffalo and obviously Miami, but some really good games as well. The Chargers and Vikings, a pair of 0-2 teams, both needing to win. And how about the clock management? Really bad at the end of the day yeah. by, by Minnesota. Um, and then Kirk Cousins ends up throwing a ball that gets tipped and picked, and the Chargers – Get a big win on the road to get to one and two. The Vikings are zero three, guys.
2: That is insane to think about because like both the Chargers and Vikings have like pretty good rosters on paper themselves, but like they're just like to be honest, that game Chargers Vikings it's it was like whoever is gonna like choke it because both (laughs) those teams both those teams are known to like just choke a lead, especially the especially the Chargers, and then the Vikings of course are their situations like with like field goals and stuff like that, but. But then, yeah, the Chargers ended up um, being able to get the win. Um, And, of course, Herbert with three touchdowns. Keenan Allen threw a touchdown to Mike Williams. Their offense was able to get it done.
1: Yeah, Herbert had another monster game. and I mean, the Vikings, again, Josh, were in this game, and they had a chance to win the game in the final seconds. But, I mean, that clock management, you know, not spiking the ball and getting up to the line, really taking their time, they end up – so. I think I think it was they get the first down throw with 30 seconds left, and they end up snapping the ball with like 13 seconds left. Mm-hmm. And by the time uh, the Chargers pit the ball off in the end zone, there's seven seconds left. Yep. How is that possible?
3: I I have no idea. It, it, it's <laughs> it's like I don't know what they were thinking. I, I I guess maybe they liked the defense that the Chargers were in. They wanted to try and expose. That's my only re- reasoning why they would do something like that. I mean, it, like like Aiden was saying, like, the, both these teams always seem to, like, somehow make bad choices to end up making them lose the game. And especially, like, the way the game started, the game was really sloppy. I don't know if you guys were paying attention to it. It was like each team would get down to the red zone, then they would just fumble. Then the other team would come back down to their other red zone, then fumble. It was just back and forth, back and forth. But it got good towards the end. But for the Vikings, I don't – it's so it's weird. Like I was I I'm pretty sure I came on here on a sides on Friday with uh Josh Counts and I told him I thought the Vikings, you know, they are a team that's under pressure because me personally I didn't believe that they w- I thought they overperformed. I don't think I didn't think they were a 13 win team, but to be honest, not even I expected them to like come out the gates 0 and 3. Like I they're better than this, but you know, the history of starting out 0 and 3, you're most likely not making the playoffs, so mm-hmm. It's interesting how the rest of the season goes for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I, and that division, um, I, I think, is just sort of starting to take shape. I, I mean, Chicago is 0-3, and that's, I, I don't think, a surprise. Green Bay at 2-1 and, and and Detroit at 2-1. and one. Minnesota, if they find a way to win that game and just, again, manage the clock matter. again, you're right there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. three, it's three teams within a game, and now them and Chicago are at the bottom all of a sudden. Green Bay and Detroit – um, you know, uh, are two and one, and and it's it was an exciting win for for Green Bay as well. But uh, I think we'll talk about that more after the raid. And by the way, in that game for the Chargers, they do end up losing Mike Williams mm-hmm. for the rest of the year. He tears his ACL, so not good for uh, Justin Herbert and the passing game there of the Los Angeles Chargers. But uh, we're gonna talk some more NFL uh, when we get back on offside. We're gonna take a quick break here. Here at 5:25 p.m. in Glassboro before we had to break. Got to tell you that on Sunday mornings from 10 till noon, join Rowan Radio for the Sunday Classical Brunch. Tune in as your host, Julia Cantor, brings you the sweet sounds of classical music. Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, and more are just waiting for you this weekend for the Sunday Classical Brunch starting at 10 a.m. Only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. All right, offsides coming back up after this.
0: a fistful of quarters and head on over to the 80s arcade Saturday mornings from 10 till noon on Rowan Radio come celebrate the decade of decadence with me Lee Kirshner enjoy awesomely rad artists and totally tubular hits
3: oh gnarly
0: it's a blast from the neon-colored past. It's the 80s Arcade, every Saturday morning starting at 10, right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, and also online at rowanradio.com. <laughs>
1: Have you been putting your heart under too much pressure lately? Uncontrolled, high blood pressure is serious and your heart can quit whenever it wants. But when it quits, you quit. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, and control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Back here on Offsides, Monday evening in Glassboro, New Jersey, here at the WGLS-FM studios. I'm your host, Aaron Hook, joined across from me by Josh Ayers and Aiden Ray. And uh, we've been breaking down uh, some Week 3 NFL action. We're retapping some of the games from yesterday, Sunday's slate. Um, and really, at this point in the season, guys, you know, I, I think Week 3 is about to be behind us after tonight. You can really, at this point, for the first time, kind of see stand-ins and just kind of the narratives in the lead and, and, you know, how things might shake out eventually just start to take form. And, and obviously you, you, you see now through three weeks um, how every team, you know, obviously with uh, the exception of the teams that are playing tonight, and we'll get into those games in just a minute, but we're at a point in the season now where, you know, after you turn the pace from week three, it really starts getting crucial because... Again, a lot of the divisions right now are very, very close, and teams have jumped out. I mean, Pittsburgh gets a bid win last night um, on the road, beating the Raiders. They get to 2-1, and one and then Baltimore and Cleveland are all 2-1 right now. Bandles needing a bid win tonight um, in a rematch uh, of the Super Bowl uh, two years ago. Cincinnati and L.A. in Ohio tonight, 8.15 p.m. Then we'll, uh, we'll start with that game, and then we'll talk to little Eagles, but... Rams-Banels tonight, guys, Um, and the status uh, for Putin and Nakua is is kind of up in the air right now as to whether um, he'll play, at least uh, the last time I checked. I'm not sure if there's been an update. It says right now he's questionable to play, Um, and he's really been one of the stories in the NFL so far, just the way that Matt Stafford has targeted him, and he has slid right into Cooper Tup's role, Josh, and has it selled. I mean, he has been the most targeted receiver in the league uh, through two games.
3: Yeah, the the Rams as a whole, like, have really exceeded expectations this year. Like, everyone thought because, especially when Cup was placed on IR, but even before assuming Cup was healthy, they didn't think this team, anyone didn't really think this team was real talented. But they've been competitive in all their games, honestly. And, yeah, Puka has been a huge story. It's going to be real interesting once – Cup comes back, but with the how weird the hamstring injury has been for Cup, they don't know exactly if he'll be ready for week five, which is when he'll be first eligible to be uh activated off IR. But I mean, the way Puka's been playing, they don't really need to rush him back, especially if they come out tonight and beat the Bengals. They they go to two and one and they have a real shot division, honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the 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 West is going to be tough, I think, because of San Francisco. But if you are at two and one at this point, I mean, Seattle, two and one, they're a good team. I I think it's just you got, you got to kind of just keep neck to neck. And Arizona does get a big win yesterday, you get them one and two. They've played better than a lot of people have thought too. The yeah, Cardinals. yeah. Um, but, uh,
3: Jonathan Gannon, yeah. They, they do
1: play hard for Jonathan Gannon. I mean, for what it's worth, I, I know he wasn't a great uh, DC in Philly, but. I mean, he's got his guys going out there and competing, man. They beat Dallas um, pretty handedly, too. Um, what was the final there? 28-16 to um, Cardinals over the Cowboys. That was probably the biggest shocker of the week, I would say, Dallas getting upset there. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Rams, obviously a big game for them. Uh, trying to get to 2-1. and one. The Bengals, Aiden, on the other hand, trying to avoid an 0-3 start. That would be detrimental again especially when you go to the rest of the uh, the division all three other teams right now baltimore cleveland and pittsburgh are two and one so you can't really fall to zero and three here otherwise it's going to be a a, a grave that might be too deep to dig yourself out of it even at this point
2: definitely the truth because especially with like the talent you have on that roster with jamar chase tyler boyd t higgins mixon and of course joe burrow even though he's been hurt for little bit amount of time you cannot fall to 0-3 with that roster you cannot fall to 0-3 it's bad. and then of course the Bengals of course they have a better team than the Browns even though they did lose the Browns week one they have won the North the past two years the they're they have a better roster than Pittsburgh right now mm-hmm. they're overall like have the best like offense in the AFC North even though the Steelers are playing a bit well Browns, same thing. And then, of course, the Ravens, even though they lost to the Colts yesterday. But, right. like, there's no, there's no, like, really bad team in the AFC North. Like, they're they're all competitive.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it is a very competitive division. <clears throat> and um, obviously with Burrow, and, and you talked about, you know, Jamar Chase said it, that um, Burrow has not been playing at full strength. Absolutely. Um, he has not looked like Joe Burrow the, the first two weeks. This, for him, is going to be a big game because obviously he's seen – at least components of this Rams defense before, um, and it is a must-win game for them. It really is. It mm-hmm. is
2: also it's it's a Super Bowl the Super Bowl rematch from yep.
1: Super Bowl fifty-six. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Rams I, and a couple years ago, and so I mean the Rams at that point in time, obviously winning that Super Bowl, um, people kind of said Aiden that you know they sold out for that Super Bowl after the year they had last year. But again, if they win this game, they're two and one, and they're at least. At this point, I mean, again, to go 2-1 with a roster that everyone thought would kind of get out of the day, a little bit slow. And it's going to be them proving them wrong. Sean McVay proving people wrong, again, at least through Week 3. Exactly. McVay is still a great coach himself. But, of course, last year with
2: injuries and stuff and, like, of course, not having, like, all, like, the draft picks in the world and, like, cap space, of course. Like, the Rams were expected to, like, not be that good of a team again. Especially because after, since of those injuries, they, like, they they fell off last year at the point but of course once when they played the seahawks week 1 they played great against mm-hmm. them and also they played pretty well against the niners even though the niners are still uh, once again a great team a very good team but the the rams played well against them they're 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 doing their job this year I yeah. I like what they're doing
3: yeah stafford especially stafford like he's playing really well I th- I think everyone was kind of predicting the fall off wrongly like he Stafford's playing how, how they played when they won the Super Bowl. He's playing really good. This is without Cup, and another story for the Rams is Kyron Williams. Like you know, they threw Cam Akers in the doghouse and got him out of there. Now he's in Minnesota, but it seems like Sean McVay just knows how to get his guys ready, and everyone just steps up, does their job, and they at least like stay competitive in these games.
1: Yeah, and you said st- I mean. You look at the dice who have produced for them so far. Really, none of these guys had an impact the last couple of years, um, except for maybe Van Jefferson and obviously Hidby. But, I mean, Nakua taking out of BYU, obviously, um, this past year. And then Tutu Atwell was a guy coming out super fast. Rams didn't really utilize him all that much um, at first, but he's been off to a great start to the year. And you said it, Tyron Williams has, has filled in for Cam Akers after he lives – brilliantly um you know three touchdowns for him so far through the first couple of weeks and yeah Stafford is I, I can't even call it a renaissance he's just continued to be good I mean mm-hmm. he you said after the injury stuff last year with with the elbow and um you know just kind of a lot of time away and and the way that the Rams did look last year I think it did kind of make sense to predict that Stafford would take a step or two back as he does continue to get older as well but he is, like you said, Josh, really kind of proving everybody wrong and saying, "No, I, I can still, you know, run this offense to a tee. And, and again, Putin Nakua has been the forefront of that, like he has with Cooper Tup, just feeding him targets. And yep. Nakua has brought in twenty-five catches so far in the first two games, so uh, he's obviously been a fantasy darling as well. Um, Aiden, do you have him? You have him, don't you? Who? Puka, right? Puka. No, I don't. Oh, really? I'm playing somebody with him. T- okay, that's in my other league. I'm playing somebody with him tonight. So, I already know I'm screwed.
3: Um, <laughs>
2: all, I, all I have in my league tonight is Mike Evans. Uh, I need Mike a big, Evans?
3: I need a big game from Puka, so yeah. sorry, Aaron. <laughs> that's
1: all right. Yeah. He, he is fun to watch. So, I, you know, I, I'm pretty <clears throat> much burnt toast anyway. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll root for a big Puka game tonight. But there is another Monday night game. Um, again, second week in a row that we've got a, a double header. And... Philadelphia Eagles will be in South Florida. It will be in Tampa, taking on the Bucks, and it, it, it is a game that really does pique my interest, guys, because Tampa has gotten off to this two and zero start, really surprisingly as well. They're another team that not a lot of people thought would have success in the early going. Uh, Baker Mayfield has also played above expectations, and for the Eagles, um, you know, having this test to go on the road and face a team in in tampa i think this game is is gonna end up being a a pretty good one Uh, i don't know about you Aiden, but of the two games um even though rams banals might be a better story i think this might just be the better football game honestly
2: to be honest eagles Bucks also another like rematch because they played each other in that like playoffs um right yeah the division in the the wild it was the wild card, I think. I think um, it was the wild card, right? Yeah, it was the wild card, because the 49ers put the Cowboys that right, day. That you're day. But, right, But Eagles, Buccaneers, of course, like, Buccaneers got off to a great start, um, beating the Vikings and the Bears. Also, literally, also without Tom Brady as well, which, which of yeah. course, Tom Brady cha- cha- made a change in that franchise for three years. Mm-hmm. But they're still they – still the, they still have the weapons like Godwin and, of course, Mike Evans, who stays consistent, all the, who is very consistent. But then, of course, the Eagles—you know how their roster is—and of course, they're they're stacked. They are very stacked with obviously Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift. They're it's good. It's good. I'm I'm looking for a good game between these two teams. They we need we need to see like a close game from these teams. I would I would love to see that.
1: Yeah, I think it will be a, a good game and. I mean, Eagles obviously trying to get Jalen Hurts going a little bit through the mm-hmm. air. He hasn't eclipsed 200 yards yet in the first two dams and so I, I think, gonna see a lot of deep shots in this game. We obviously know Tampa loves to to throw it up to Evans and Godwin, but yeah, I think Philly is is gonna open it up for Hurts a little bit more, and you're gonna see, um, you know, kind of those um, classic Eagles, you know, play action rollout for for Hurts and. And let them fire deep to Brown or, or, or Smith or whoever it may be, Josh. And then this has the potential, even though both defenses are really good. I do I do think this has the potential to be a, a kind of a high-scoring game, honestly.
3: Yeah, the Bucks have looked really, really good. That's another team that people kind of wrote off, especially Baker. People kind of really wrote him off that he really, you know, he's just a placeholder. You know, they're just, they're tanking for Williams, like the Broncos are. Um. Um. Yeah, the Eagles, like you said, kind of have had a slow start. I mean, I think it's mainly because, you know, the change of coordinators and all that. It's just taking time for them to really adjust. You know, new pieces, DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny. You got a whole new running back room in there. But this is definitely a game I could see them opening it up slowly. And like you said, it could definitely be a high-scoring one because Mike Evans has looked amazing. Godwin's amazing. Rashad White's also looked really good as well. And Baker looked, looked like – when, when he first stepped onto the scene for Cleveland, he looked really, really good. And, and I'm expecting a really good football game.
1: Yeah, I, again, I think Rams-Bandals is obviously a very interesting story with where both teams are in, in, at this point in the season with the Super Bowl rematch. Um, but, yeah, I think Eagles-Butts is going to be a great game. Um, and, again, in that South with Atlanta uh, losing yesterday, um, Carolina losing – again uh and then the Saints also losing Tampa can get to 3-0 and just claim the division right now um three weeks in and I think for a lot of people they were looked at as the team that might finish last in the division honestly mm-hmm. I think they were for me to be I mean I Carolina has been not good um I mean Andy Dalton wasn't bad yesterday but when Bryce Young has been in there it's really kind of been a train wreck to this point um and maybe I should have seen that coming but I even thought the Panthers, at least talent wise, had the edge over the butts defensively, and that would kind of hold up. But Todd Bowles has just done such a good job, and with this defense remaining or keeping them mm. remaining as one of the best in the league. And again, two good defenses tonight, but I think the offenses might prevail, and we might have a bit of a, uh, like a high scoring game.
2: They have, but de- but of course, I can see a high scoring game, especially with the Eagles coming in coming into South Florida tonight, but. Of course, Bulls was able to only allow 17 against both Minnesota and Chicago. And at that point, we were expecting Minnesota to, like, still be a good team at this point. And Chicago, we weren't expecting, like, a full-on 0-3 because, like, we were seeing, like, hype from, like, Justin Fields in the offseason, of course. (laughs) And then, of course, the Bucs. No one expected this. We all – like, a lot of us expected either the Saints or the Falcons to be, like, going at it. But, of of course, it's still early in the season. So – we're, gonna, we're, we're, of course, going to see what happens from here mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the NFC South. But this game tonight, I'm hoping for a good one.
1: Yeah, I, I think it will be again. Um, before we transition into some college football, um, I want to ask you guys, did you see Taylor Swift was at the Chiefs game? I don't, oh, know, I don't know, man, know if yes, you guys so saw it. it, it uh, 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 I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. I don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure if you w- –
3: are not a fan of Taylor Swift or football? You saw that she was at the game.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, of course I, I saw she was at
1: the game. I was watching Red Zone and and they were like Scott Hanson was like, wait till I tell you who's at the game. And like I was like, at first it was like who to the, like like who to be there. And then I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I I, I think it's kind of funny that um, Chelsea man. I mean, first of all. Takes a lot of guts, right? I mean, to do a yeah. Taylor Swift.
3: Like. <laughs> Did you see what Belichick said about the whole thing? Yeah. No, I didn't. So Bel I can't I don't have the quote in front of me, but Belichick essentially said of all the catches that Travis Kelsey has had his career, this might be the biggest one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would dude, I was like at first, you know, they they were like and they were throwing to him, like Mahomes was looking for him, but he didn't have a touchdown in the first half, and I was like, I was like didn't want to nervous for him. I'm like, yeah. if he doesn't catch one, like <laughs> You know, Taylor Swift probably knows what's going on, um, but it's like she's not going to remember your 12-yard reception. Right. In the third, it needs to be a touchdown. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, he better get it, dude, because otherwise it's going to be – it's. You know, not going to be great. He's going to have to explain why he didn't uh, get a chance in the end zone. But. Yeah,
3: it was funny too because like uh, <laughs> Twitter was having a field day with it, saying like when Kelsey finally scored, they panned the camera to the Taylor like she was the offensive coordinator. <laughs> the the <laughs> amount
2: of Instagram posts I saw yesterday about like Taylor Swift on like sports social on uh, like, sports yeah. pages, insane amount.
3: Yeah, I I I did not know I did not realize how big of a celebrity Taylor Swift is honestly she's Oh mass- no it,
1: she's massive She is she's got to be like one of the, like, three biggest pop stars probably in the world. Literally, she's right? having yeah. – probably her, like, the weekend and, like, I don't know, Literally like, Bad literally, Money yeah. but maybe.
3: It was it – was, I don't know if you uh, guys know the beat writer or the – I don't know if he's a beat writer, but he's, like, an uh, insider. That's a better way to put it. Uh, Jordan Schultz. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. yeah. so I have, like, notifications on for him, and he tweeted out breaking news. You know, I hit that immediately. Then it's was, oh, breaking news, Taylor Swift is at the cheese game. Like, I've never seen that for any celebrity. Like, The Weeknd um, – even, I mean, Beyonce was at the game. But, yeah, I, uh,
1: and I think it was just because the rumors about her and, and Kelsey were, like, kind of just circulating. And then when you saw her there, it was like, okay,
3: well, something's obviously going yeah, on. Yeah, especially right? when she was uh, with uh, the Kelsey family. Right.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's and just – it's a tr- I, I think it's good, though, for football. I mean, it might bring in some new fans.
2: And then you know? another thing, obviously, like, she's been, like, been having her heiress tour, like, during the year, and then she's, like, going, like, worldwide in 2024. Like, it – it's a massive influence that of what she is doing but it's crazy that like all these sports pages are just potion yeah. like cons- like it's not just like one post it's like 10 for <laughs> 10 a hundred um I, I just
1: like, like, like I, I wonder about the logistics of the relationship like how is yeah. a guy who's in the middle of football season and someone like Taylor Swift who is always gonna be busy doing something right probably yeah. music related? Like when do they even see each other? You know what I mean? Like, no I, like idea. I don't get it. Like, yeah, maybe she just comes to the games and like I don't know.
3: Yeah, but. I saw I saw the rumor t- Well, it's not even a rumor, but it was, uh after the game, Kelsey took uh Taylor on a date to like uh he rented out an entire restaurant. You saw that? No way. He, he, yeah, he rents out an entire restaurant for the two of them, and it says that they were um they didn't leave until uh two in the morning.
1: Whew. All right, well, I mean, look, big win from the Chiefs, obviously. Um, <laughs> big mean, win for Kelsey, I guess. <laughs> the bears man they are i don't know i don't even want to talk about them we know what justin Fields said um yeah they've looked horrible but then we did dive into some college football here for about five six minutes before we had to break um another good week in college football um i mean florida state on upset alert again they do sweep out with the win over clemson 31 24 they dropped from number four to down number five in the latest poll um Florida State, you know, I like Jordan Travis as their quarterback, but um, to be ranked inside the top five and have a couple of close calls like this, I, I think, you know, it's got to be a wake-up call for them. They are 4-0. Um, but the ACC, it's a tough conference. I mean, they've got Virginia Tech this week. They'll win that game. But Syracuse is, is no slouch. Duke is ranked. Um, Wake Forest has been successful in recent years. They're their next three games. They play Miami. Uh, later in the year, the ACC is tough, man. I mean, Florida State is not a team out of that conference that's just a lock um, to be right there for the playoff. If they mm-hmm. have another few of these games, even in conference that get kind of close, they could slip a couple of more spots.
2: Yeah, they need, they cannot be having these close games like that if they want to make the college football playoff. Also, an, like what I, what I was thinking from this Florida State Clemson game, whoever wins this game would be like playing in the ACC championship, but and, but. Another team of course who's obviously good in the ACC is Duke. Duke is playing great they are. in the ACC. Like I feel like 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 I could see like Duke Florida State in the ACC Championship, especially after them being Clemson and Clemson yeah. is and has not been playing to their standards.
1: Syracuse is at 4 and 0 as well. North Carolina out to a 4 and 0 start with Drake May there. Um Duke will have their biggest test by far so far this year. They'll have Notre Dame uh this Saturday. And that game was crazy. Notre Dame oh ohio God. State. What an ending. Oh, my God. I mean. Insane. Crazy game. Um, Ohio State sneaks out with the win. Last play of the game. They hand it off. Dutty call by Ryan Day. But I I was watching something earlier, and and I agreed with this point. Ohio State is obviously a different team this year, losing all that talent um, with C.J. Stroud and and others. Obviously, Marvin Harrison is still there. He gets hurt, in this game comes back in. Um, But with Kyle McCord at the helm, they needed a game like this where – He is facing adversity, down a couple scores, and they rally to win the game in. And Ohio State, this is a signature win, at least for Ryan Day and his resume. To be fair, like, I did
2: not expect Kyle McCord to go out and, like, just do that in the fourth quarter. Especially in South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame, of course, like, with, like, all, like, the green, their fans, and stuff like that. But, of course... The Irish... They have the best receiver in college football, well, Marvin Harrison, which yep. is, of course, a gr- still a great piece on your offense. But obviously, they were able to get down the field and like and score the game-winning touchdown. And then Ryan Day, in his interview, was ca- tries to call calls out Lou Holtz, saying like, because Lou Holtz was was like saying like Ohio State's like not tough, but like and then Ryan Day was like saying that it's like a tough. T- this is a tough team right here, and then like of course not, nah, but then of course you mentioned Ohio against the world, right?
1: Yeah, I, I mean obviously trying to take the state and some identity there. I, Michigan didn't look great either against Rutgers. I mean they got off to a slow start, and Rutgers was in the game. I had hope for that game because I turned, I, I was watching College Game
2: Day after I turned on Rutgers. It's set seven nothing. Oh well, Rutgers. Like, oh my God. Rutgers
1: like, scored a minute in. um on a on a sixty yard pass play, and was, that was really all they did. I was in
2: shock because I thought Rutgers would be able to like their offense would be able to break in on Michigan. <laughs> I, I could go with off Jim Harbaugh.
1: Yeah, I could go like, off on all the stuff that Rutgers does wrong. I mean, they're they're not a bad team. It's they're a lot all, better than they used to be. Hard,
2: mm. it's a hard conference, a hard division.
1: It is, but uh, even in that game, they should have been in that game in the second half. I really um, oh my god. I've, anyways, but one final game. That uh, was noteworthy. I think maybe the most noteworthy, honestly, him uh, just mopping the floor with Colorado. Yeah, I it, mean, it, it, it
3: was not a good week to live in Colorado. I'm not and, gonna. And, <laughs> and they Josh, they were it.
1: they were stepping on the Dutch logo too the the day before. Yeah, I mean, they had it. They were asking for it, though. No?
3: Yeah, no, they definitely were. And then I I feel like for the casual fan, like I saw like outrageous uh, slips being put in for uh, Colorado to somehow upset Oregon, but Oregon is a really, really good... Like, this is the first, in my opinion, the first real good team they've played so far Colorado has. Mm-hmm.
2: They also have USC next week, by the way. Yeah,
3: it's not looking up from... <laughs> it's no. not it's, it's not looking up from here.
1: It's not. I mean, the Pac-12, for all the hate that they have gotten about, you know, obviously the conference splitting up, you look at the top 25, What's their six teams in, from the Pac-12 in the latest ranking? Um, let's see. So, Washington is at seven. USC at eight, Oregon at nine, Utah at ten. So four out of the top ten mm-hmm. teams right there. Um, you have Washington State as well, Oregon State, um, and so what? What's that? Six, I think, right that's, from yeah, that's six from the Pac-12. I mean, they have a good representation. Oregon, their offense looked great um, behind Bo Nix, man. They right out of the day just just stomped all over Colorado. It was never a ball game.
3: Yeah, it was never. Yeah, Bo Nix looked amazing and. Or Oregon is a is a really good team this year. I, they they got they definitely have a shot to really like push for the playoffs. I feel.
2: Also, like Dan Landing, their head coach, was mentioning in his pregame speech, they're fighting for click, clicks. We're
1: fighting for wins. Yeah that, yeah, that speech was incredible. That was a great speech. It really was. I think he laid out a message, you know, very very timely. You know, some coaches will just kind of give the same old speech that could pertain to any situation, but. I love that he was like, the team we're playing today are caught up in all this media buzz, and we don't really care about that. Yeah, we just that, want to go out there and, and, and tip their ass. Yeah, the,
2: the, like that they're not in Hollywood. They're playing on the grass.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I love that speech. And I, I thought Oregon Amazing. heard it well, so yeah. they came out and dominated it. I and, love and, the
2: originality put into it as well, because like, you're not just yeah. saying the same thing over and over again. You're you're facing off against Deion Sanders in Colorado, right. who has gotten a lot of hype. And, and Oregon is, is a great team, of course.
1: And Deion was a good sport after the loss. You know? yeah, he, he, he said, you know, we got our butts it, uh, No way around it. Um, in Colorado, I mean, there's just so many issues with that team that we're trying to just pour it out in this game. Mm-hmm. That when you're playing Colorado State um, and, you know, when you're playing Nebraska, you can kind of – get by those issues a little bit, especially when you have a quarterback like Shadur Sanders and a player like Travis Hunter, who was not playing in this game. But um, they had some weaknesses really exposed, Josh. I mean, the defensive line got ran all over. The offensive line couldn't really hold up for for Shadur. and He was running around a lot, trying not to take the sack, couldn't really get in any sort of rhythm. I mean, Ordeal had the beat in every which way uh, in this game, and Adela wasn't close. So
3: yeah, this is almost the type of game that uh, Colorado kind of needed because they were getting a little bit in over their heads so far. But the season just started, and it seemed like they won the national championship in their eyes. So this this is kind of the the loss that they needed because this will, and I'm not doubting Dion as a coach, but this will get the chance to. For uh, Deion, to, like get his guys, like you know, back, get their heads back on the and focus on the game, because like like you said, like the Colorado player, like doing that to Oregon's logo, that, that was that's not classy. That's, you guys came in as like twenty four point underdogs, and it showed. <laughs> so. <laughs> No, this it'll be interesting to follow the Colorado the rest of the season and how they respond after a loss like this.
1: I mean, look, if you're going to step on someone's logo, you better beat them. That's that's all I'm saying. So, I mean, yeah, they've got USC next week. It's going to be a tough one. Um, And then the rest of the way uh, they'll roll through. Pac-12 play as Colorado drops that one, 42-6, Oregon moving to 4-0. And uh, in the latest poll, Ducks are ranked uh, at number nine. They'll have Stanford. Upcoming this week. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on offsides. When we come back, we will uh, get into our top five segment, um, and uh, we'll close out the show from there. Uh, but before that, got to take a look at the WGLS Community Calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps glasper our residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community. By donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time, email GlassboroFoodBank at gmail.com or visit online at GlassboroFoodBank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. All right, we're going to close out the Monday edition of offsize when we return. Hey,
0: it's me, your cell phone. We need to talk about something, something serious. I know you love me. I know you like using me wherever you are, but I feel like this isn't working out when you're driving. I know you may think that it's possible to focus both on me and the road, but I just don't feel the same way. I think we should spend time away from each other when you're driving. It's for the best. Visit stoptextstoprex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. As an 18-year-old, I let my mistakes kind of take over my life. I was 0.5 credits away from completing high school, and I didn't do it. Ten years later, at age 28, Jackie finished her high school diploma. When I found out that I was pregnant, I know that I had to do something for myself if I wanted to make her a better person and provide a better life for her. My family never stopped pushing for me to be better because they knew what I could become and who I could become as a person. My support team is amazing. The educational director, my sister, and even my seven-year-old daughter, has has been more than the support that I could ask for. I've been given an opportunity, and I'm just thankful for it.
3: No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at
0: finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar
3: General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.
0: The workday's
1: done. It's time to hit the road. That's where Rowan Radio comes in and The Ride at Five. Tune in from 5 to 6 p.m. for the music that matters and the songs you want to listen to. Give us a call or send us a text, and if we've got it in store, we'll play it over the air. But if you just can't get enough of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond, let us pick the music while you drive. That's The Ride at 5, Monday through Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m., only on the station with more music than anyone else. Roman Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Radio channel two Rotan Radio eighty nine point seven WGLS FM back here for the Monday edition of Offsides here in Glassboro 557 PM with Josh Ayers Aiden Ray. I'm Aaron Hook. We're into our top five. Final week of baseball, guys. Regular season um is coming to a close officially. It's been obviously a long year starting back in March and wrapping up. Here in late September. Um, And the postseason is what? I think 10 days away. It's going to be that uh, Wednesday. Regular season ends on Sunday. Regular season ends on Sunday. And then October 3rd is the first wild card day. So nine days away. um, Or eight days away actually from uh, postseason baseball. October baseball. Um, And so we are going to uh, give you, as the season wraps up, our top five NL and AL MVP candidates. Um, there's obviously been a lot of talk for months now about who's leading the race and who's got the edge on who. I think it is going to be a pretty interesting conversation in both leads. And I want to hear your guys' uh, top five list. It doesn't have to be in order. You can just give me five. If you want to just name one guy who you think is going to end up winning it, that's fine too. Uh, Aiden, let's uh, start with you first. If you have your list.
2: All right, so real stuff.
1: NL MVP is
2: going to be insane. And I mean insane. And it's especially between the Braves and the Dodgers, like players from their teams. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, you got like Freddie Freeman in there. You got Mookie Betts. You got Matt Olson, But, of course, Ronald Acuna Jr. has got to win. And he's putting up inc- in insane numbers this year with like stolen bases, home runs. Like he is going
1: crazy with. His with the, with the stats this year. I mean, the stolen bases are are just nuts. I think has he gotten to seventy? He had his 40th home run the other night, and he's trying to get to the 40-70 club, which is just absurd. i yeah.
2: here. I'm, I'm gonna look on um, MLB.com right now. Um, see what we got here. I think 68 uh, stolen bases and 40
1: uh, home dude. runs. Dude. Yeah, I mean, just uh, his season is is historic it really is it it will 336 batting average and 210 hits like the average is is crazy to me too I mean just how consistently he has hit the ball I think Acuna the only player that has a better batting average than Acuna
2: is Luis Arias which of course he almost was batting 400 in like June
1: yeah I mean Acuna is just having a monster year I think he's going to be um towards the top of our list how about your AO guys and then of
2: course obviously it's it's going to be shoy Otani because
1: you know how, how
2: he is. But even though, course, he, yeah, even though he's done hurt, yeah. Even even though
1: he missed the games, but uh, then, I I would agree. But, it probably is. But then to of be course him. you
2: got guys like Corey Seeger and Marcus Simeon mm-hmm. from the, because the Texas Rangers have been a very surprising team this year in the MLB. Not expected to be like that like top level like really good team, mm-hmm. but no, th- yeah, that, they've been good. Their infield's been gr- their infield's been, gr- Corey been great.
1: Corey Seeger is having yeah a fantastic year, and you'll hear his name later uh as well. So, Otani and Acuña are Aiden's pitch. Josh. What about you?
3: Uh, I mean, honestly, there's that's probably the same two for me, but yeah. some other candidates. I I Matt Olson. Matt Olson I feel like is not getting enough credit, but it's mainly because Freeman and Betts are also having insane years like what Aiden was kind of alluding to, like the NL MVP, there's all all the candidates have a right to an MVP. It's a kind of a shame that you can't split it four ways between those four, but um, bring up an another, uh, AL guy besides Shohei. I think Julio J. Rod. I think is uh, definitely, really a definitely a definitely a candidate. He probably won't win it because he. I think he started off the season a little bit slow, but he's mm-hmm. been. But he was on fire this, lately. Yeah,
1: this last month he has been one of the best hitters in baseball. So
3: yeah, so I think he definitely will get some votes. But like like I said, show when if Shohei. Even when he wasn't able to pitch, he still was out there hitting home runs and everything. So Shohei's probably going to walk away with it, but I think it's important to show love to the other AL uh, batters.
1: Yeah, I I think I'm going to end up agreeing and just going Acuna um, and Otani. But, like, I mean, the only guy in the AL that I think has a shot is Corey Seager. Um, Some guys that I jotted down, J-Rod, Uh, I agree with you, Josh. Kyle Tucker from Houston, I think, is like a dark horse. And then Luis Robert is probably going to get to 40 homers. Uh, He's had a great year. So I think he'll get some votes too. Um, But I think it's between Cedar and Otani. And I think they will give it to Otani. Um, I mean, he was on pace to just do monster numbers, even Mm -hmm. better than last year. So even though he's been hurt and he missed a lot of time, I think they will end up giving it to him. Even though Cedar, again, he missed time in the beginning of the year. He's only played in 109 games. 109 games. He's got 31 homers, 42 doubles, 93 RBIs, 146 yeah. hits. Another 30 games for him, and he's at like 40 and 100 mm-hmm. with close to 50 doubles. He And he's hitting 331, by the way, with a, a OPS over 1,000. I mean – I think he is really the one who has the best shot to steal it from Antani. In the NL, it's going to be Acuna, but if Freddie Freeman won MVP, I I really couldn't pose too bit of a taste against it. (laughs) I think Acuna's season is something we may never see again. Mm -hmm. Only him, I think, to replicate something like it. But, I mean, multi Betts, obviously, is right there. Matt Olsen with the 50-plus homers and the insane year that he's having. He is obviously very deserving. Like like you guys said, everyone in this conversation I think of those four deserves it. Um and then they did have Louisa rise as well. He's obviously slowed down a little bit. He's still yeah. in 354, but
2: <laughs> the NL is way more of like a competitive way more competitive
1: in the MVP race than the yeah, AL 100%. 100%. It's not even close. So, we'll see. Uh but again, October baseball exciting just around the corner about a week or so away. Um that's all the time we've got for you here on Offsides on this Monday. I want to say thanks to Dan, Josh Ayers and Aiden Ray, uh, my guys coming in, joining me here on this gloomy Monday afternoon and now evening in Glassboro as we are past the 6 o'clock hour. I want to tell you that Offsides is going to be here on RowanRadio.com, Channel 2, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Jack Miller, our sports director, uh, hosts on Wednesdays, and Josh Counts hosts on Fridays. So uh, be sure... Uh, to keep up with the Twitter uh, for updates on when offsides will be airing, and be sure and tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. I've been your host, Aaron Hook. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday, and we will see you all next time. You've been
0: listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.